Welcome to Bucks and Bales. This is where we'll talk to people about their archery journey and where they're at with it. It's a podcast about hunting and target archery and where life puts you on your archery journey. Current successes and failures and just all around life. Thank you for tuning in to Bucks and Bales, and if you'd like to connect, please email at bucksandbales at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Bucks and Bales, everybody. I am really, really glad you're here and really, really excited about this week's guest. But you know, uh, it's been a little while since I've shot bow, and the other day I went out and snow plowed all night, and I ended up shooting a 360 round, and I shot my worst score of the year, which is an epic failure, and uh, you know what? Shit happens, and uh, that's just life. And you know, this week we have a, a guest here, and I am so glad that we have her Uh, It's our first lady that we've ever had on, and she is an amazing archer. Uh, She is a board member at Chillicoot Bowhunters. We'll get into that. Yeah. (laughs) And and she has just a, a plethora of archery knowledge that we will be doing today. And uh, yeah, it is uh, Dana Adams. How you doing, Dana? Doing good, how are you? Totally awesome. You know, Dana, I had a question for you. I've been thinking, well, actually it's more, I need your opinion on something. Okay. So I've been thinking about getting Bucks and Bales swag. You know what I mean? Like like shirts. But you know, when you, like go, when, when you go to all these archery shoots, you know, everybody's got... Kind of the same thing, you know, they, they have a logo or a bow manufacturer or something. And all the shirts and all the jerseys are kind of similar. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, this is a very unique podcast. And, and, you know, we're trailblazers over here at Bucks and Bales. And I'd really like to do something different. So I was thinking the Bucks and Bales sweater vest what do you think dana i like sweater vests yeah totally awesome a lot yeah i mean it's like okay i'm too hot well who cares you don't have sleeves you can just wear nothing underneath it or okay i you know i i just need uh i i want to look classy okay but i don't want to be overdressed okay you're covering all your areas Yes, I like it. Awesome. I awesome. I would, I would sport it, totally. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if you had, like, a matching pair of slacks and then, like, not penny loafers, but those dock shoes, you know, I mean, yep. go, going into an oh, archery yeah. shoot, we could, I mean, we could really, we could be styling. Bring back the docks. I remember them from my <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, the... Dana, totally awesome, and uh, like I said, I'm glad you're here, and um, you know, I, I'll dive right into it now, I guess, uh, can we hear, you know, kind of a detailed overview of, of your archery history, Dana? Yeah, so archery for me started back in August of 2016. Um, you know, I grew up in southern Minnesota, hunting, fishing, family, my brother shot bow. He also, you know, shot um, shotgun for for deer. Um, and I just never really got into the hunting until I got older. And when my dad got diagnosed with cancer, my brother's like, pull back his bow. Just see if you can do it. He got, my dad got a crossbow, so he wasn't using his compound bow. So I just, you know, we put out a hay bale one day and... Um, my brother's like, pull it back, see if you can shoot. And I shot it. And I was like, huh, this is pretty cool. This is fun. And, you know, kept going for a few more shots. And then all of a sudden, I went back to work on Monday and I signed up for Women's League at A1 Archery over in Hudson, Wisconsin. Really? And it is literally t- 
tumbled from there. It has um, grown and progressed from that. But yeah, it just took my brother from saying, you know, hey, pull back and see if you like it. And so after that, I joined um, Women's League at AM1 Archery. Mm-hmm. And I think I did the Fall League. And then I started doing their competitive um, spot league also. Mm-hmm. Um, I met tons of women there. Um, their women's league has grown immensely over the years. Um, Dana Keller is the organizer of that. And she has been a big proponent of women getting into the archery field. If it's a bow hunter bow, if it's a target bow or a Genesis bow, just to get into archery and find other people who are excited about it, but also shoot with women who are like-minded and want to explore archery, grow into archery to whatever level they want to. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've met my best friends there who I still today shoot with. We do archery tournaments. We do, I mean, archery is also, I've learned is beyond just archery. It's true friendships I've gained out of this too. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I did that. And then I just was like, this is so fun. And I started to explore um, NAS, which is National Archery School Program. Um, So I started to explore that. And then I also started to explore um, USA Archery. And I did their level one and level two um, certification. So after I started to explore that, I got my certifications. And then I got asked on to be pro staff at A1 Archery. So... Mm -hmm. That kind of built my momentum and my curiosity of getting into archery, learning about the process of archery, the mental side of archery, setting up tournaments, um, all that stuff that goes along with becoming an indoor archer. So um, Dana at A1 saw my interest and progression and growth in it. So when I did become pro staff, that was super exciting. Um, and then I kind of went on to help with lots of um, classes that they put on. So, you know, helping children from age four up to, you know, teenagers with um, how to shoot a bow, how to score um, on all levels of the archery. So um, I just kind of I just kind of blew up really fast, which was super exciting um, and met tons of people that way. Um, and it still continues to grow in so many different fashions of, you know, with my hunting, with my target, um, and now being more competitive at tournaments. So it really has, I've feels like I've gone to, you know, started at one and went to 1 million of a speed on it too. So (laughs) it really has been so fun and, you know, to this day we have stories and you continue to learn and grow from everyone around you, no matter at what level they're at, we have something to grow every day into archery. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, we have good days. We have bad days. We, we, um, have good habits. We have bad habits. We have to relearn our habits in archery. So it's, um, it's definitely the, a learning skill that never stops. So, um, that's probably like the base of my archery. Um, I also met two women at Pig's Eye um, Archery Range over here in St. Paul. And these two women also introduced me to Minnesota Deer Hunters Association. Yeah. And we, there was a group, I think it's out of the St. Croix County, if I'm correct, but it's called Oaks. So it's Outdoor Archery Knowledge and Skills. And this was a organization that had a um, club for this. And I met some other people through this, and this was all about learning how to deer hunt and to get you out in the field for the very first time. So um, these two women introduced me to that, and that was great because, you know, you're trying to find all these little niches out there where you can get involved, you can get experience, you know, outside of your pro shop. And so that was a really, uh, that's a really great organization for that program that I think it's gone on for at least five to seven years. Um, so that's kind of where I learned a lot of my skills of hunting and archery. And um, obviously, my brother was a huge supporter of me getting into hunting too. Um, he helped me set up my first stand. 
kind of did a mini food plot, you know, he's telling me all his tips and strategies, what to do and everything. So um, my brother was a big um, supporter of me in hunting. And um, my very first year, I was successful in getting a doe too. So, Mm -hmm. um, and it has not stopped since then. So my hunting career has continued. I think it's seven years now that I'll be hunting. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so, um, so yeah, that's kind of like my base. Um, I did teach a few other classes through, um, community ed programs, um, which use the Genesis bows, which is part of the NAS program. So that was, um, that was a great opportunity and learning experience for myself as a coach and a teacher. Um, and also applying how you can get, um, youth to, learn the process of archery, practice it, repeat it, and to get them excited to continue on with archery. So um, you, when you go to these um, classes, you kind of share your background and history about it, and they get really interested and ask you lots of questions, So, which is, is really cool to share your own experience with them because, um, you know, us today and the youth below us are really the future of archery and hunting. So mm-hmm. um, the opportunity to share stories and your own experience is a huge contributor to the future of archery and how it's going to continue for in schools, pro shops, um, you know, anyone who teaches and allows for um, archery through organizations and everything too. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's that's one really good thing that you touched on is you know we are training the future of archery right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, we, Matt, Matt says that a lot, you know, and when we're talking about our club, you know, I mean, it, the club was handed down to us. We were the next generation. Now we are prepping the club for our next generation. What yeah. can we do to improve it? You know, and yeah. our, and archery as, as a whole, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the technology of archery has grown and grown and grown, but and that will always be there, but the creating the environment of an archery organization and showing that it's just not go shoot few arrows, it's creating a family of people connectedness into the community that people can feel a sense of belonging to for the things that they love to do and want to share with their family, their friends, or whoever else is interested in archery too. So Absolutely. It's a good way to bring people together. Yes. Yes, yes, it is a community. Mhm, mhm. Oh, cool. And you know, some of the organizations that that you shoot with or belong to, you know, um, I don't know, they're all acronyms basically, but you know, like the MAA or the NFAA, the USA Archery or the MSAA. Do you do you shoot with a, a lot of those other organizations? Yeah, yeah, I've definitely participated in all of those organizations, have been members and continue to be members of, you know, um, MAA, the NFAA, USA, um, and MSAA. I've also, um, I'm not a member of it, but I've participated in the Wisconsin Archery Alliance tournaments. Um, I was just there last weekend. Um, I go to that one with my A1 Archery um, Women's League. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go there and it's a five spot tournament. So I've done that a couple times, um, probably like three years now, but yeah, so I've definitely participated in, um, archery, um, organizations outside of the state too, but, um, definitely Minnesota ones, obviously, cause I'm affiliated with Minnesota too, but yeah, I've definitely participated in all of them and been a part of their organizations. So. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. Uh, what what kind of clubs have you belonged to? So my main home archery club is Chilku Bow Hunters out in Somerset, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I think I've been a member there since 2019. I found out about them because um, my friend and who also um, Dana Keller, who is the archery coordinator over at A1 Archery, she participated in the Train for Hunt event that they had out there. So I went there to go cheer on, but I'm like, oh, I'll volunteer and see what the club is all about and everything. And um, I volunteered and I started, you know, thinking about getting into archery at that time. And um, then I joined and it's 
an amazing club because it has an indoor range at 20 yards and then it has an outdoor range at 60 yards. But then we also have 53 acres of land that we have two courses where we usually shoot our um, summer animal league, but we also hold um, public 3D shoots throughout the year. So um, I just fell in love with the outdoorness out there and that I get 24 hours access to go there. Um, in the wintertime, leagues are a huge thing at pro shops, so you have a really hard time finding actual line time. Yeah. So I can escape out to Somerset, go to my club, shoot indoors, you know, have practice time, have just focus time or my shooting and stuff too. So uh, Chilicoot has been my main club, but I also um, shoot at A1 Archery because that was my starting pro shop um, when I started Women's League and everything too. So, but yeah, Chilicoot's great. It's a little gem, but it's amazing. And um, we have a lot of public shooters that come for our 3D shoots and just say, how amazing the course is. It's challenging. It's hilly. Um, and they get lots of different angles. We have a lot of people who come out there who prep for elk hunts because we have the hills. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you want to get exhausted in shooting the 3D shoot, we kind of tell them, yep, go in the back half course. So um, it's, a, it's, a great sh it's a great course and a great club out there. Boy, it sure sounds like it. You know, I've seen a lot of, you know, Chillicoot, you know, advertisings on the internet or, or uh, you know, like the MSAA uh, magazine or whatever. Yep. I, I've seen a lot of that. Um, I've yeah. never been out there, but man, I mean, it sounds like you, you guys have a heck of a place there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's not at all far from the metro. No, and that's that's the really great thing about it is that it is really close to the metro, you know, that people can still get out of the city and go out and be outdoors and shoot a fun 3D shoot and um, still get the practice that they need. You know, with 53 acres, we try to utilize the course as much as we can, create new shots, angles, and all that, so you get the different experiences for every hunting scenario that you're in. So, um We've been around for 70 years, so we are well-known. <laughs> and, you know, it all started with 10 people of our charter members putting in $30 to buy the land for $300. So um, it has very rich history, and that land is going to stick with us forever out there. So, mm -hmm. And that's definitely why I talk about the youth in archery, because one of our goals is we have so many amazing members that have been members for, like, 30, 40, 50 years. They have done and committed their time and effort and life to the club to keep it going. And to this day, I just love hearing their stories. They are my friends. They are my mentors. They are wealth of knowledge of hunting to archery, to target archery. There's There are state shooters that have so many records there and have so many deer on the wall of what they've shot. So it is one of the coolest places that I have found my little hidden gems of it. So, um, we are, so we want to bring in the youth. We want them to know about it, um, because we still want to grow, um, the club and archery. And one of our kind of goals is that a lot of our board members now are bringing, we're bringing in, um, kind of the younger generation of board members to keep, um, to keep the club going and just to bring in new ideas and everything because we all have different um, experiences and knowledge around um, archery and keeping our archery club as a business it is, um, you know, making sure that we can continue to support anyone who continues to be our member or become a new member. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it so. sounds like you're a board member there. Yeah, so <laughs> I started out as a general at-large board member. Um, I think I did that position for two years, and then now I took on the position as their treasurer. So I've been, this will be my second term as treasurer. So so that is, um, it's a great feeling to be a part of the board member, um, to hear everyone and their suggestions, ideas, and how we keep the club going and open to the public and for everyone to use and make sure that, you know, that they're able to come to our club and feel welcomed and be able to shoot archery um, and continue to meet new people and grow together as a little archery family. So mm -hmm. it's a great, 
it's a great feeling to be a board member there. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good for you. It sounds like you guys have a really, really good thing going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great little archery family work. Probably about, we usually top out about, about 100 to 115 members every year. So, mm-hmm. um, and we also have a youth league that we go from February to March, things about eight weeks, which is going on now. Um, that has really gained a lot of popularity. Um, so we have members who volunteer their time to run an eight week youth league course. Um, and we have archers who shoot from 10 yards to 15 yards. And then we have some of the advanced, um, archers who shoot at 20 yards too. So, Mm -hmm. um, we love hosting that, um, we host little, you know, groups and events. Sometimes we also partner with the DNR and the becoming an outdoor woman, um, in their turkey hunt so they'll part of their program is that they'll come out to one of our 3d shoots and they will practice their um, archery skills on uh, all sorts of different animals to get them ready and prepped for their turkey hunt too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so yeah so we definitely you know we are we are our own community but we want to make sure that we are a part of the community around us too absolutely Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, I, I, I wish that, that club the best, you know what I mean? And pe- people like me and, and people from Hutchinson here even, you know, I mean, we, we appreciate the the clubs just like that. And and we appreciate all the events that you guys put on and, and uh, you know, just coming to the state shoots, you know, for all the stuff we do and everything, you know, we just, uh, I'll speak for for Little Crow anyway, when I say we definitely appreciate you guys. Yeah, well, thank you for that. We we love putting on the shoots. We love to hear people's um, experiences and how they like the course. And always taking suggestions about, you know, make shots longer or different angles, you know, and stuff like that, too. So we try to get creative. And usually our August shoot is one of our biggest shoots where we, I think we're going to do 30 targets this year, but we always um, give away a bow. So we want to make sure that... Um, we can give back to the community, but also make one person really happy in getting a, a brand new bow too. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, that's an amazing prize. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really fun to do those phone calls when you um, say, Hey, you just won the bow. Cause last year was our 70th anniversary and I got to co- call a couple people and be like, you just won a thousand dollar gift card. You just want a target bail. So it's really exciting to see that. Cause it just gets you pumped up for, more archery in your life and how you're giving back and how they can be a part of our club and community too. So if I were a person and I were in the Metro, uh, you know, to join the club like that, what would I go looking for? So we have a website. So on our website, there's a membership, general membership form. Um, you know, we have a $50 membership or you can do, I can't remember if it's 220 or 240 now, but you can do a working membership or a non-working mem- membership. So, um, but if you do a working membership, it's about 12 hours of work a year, um, which you can get in, you know, 3D shoots. We have spring cleanup parties. Um, you can come clean the clubhouse. There's all sorts of ways and levels that you can get your hours done. So um, otherwise, Tuesday nights at our club is archery night. You can more than likely someone will be there except really in the hunting season time um you can stop on out and um come and see our clubhouse our course we're happy to show you around for that too um there is a general number on our um, gate on the front of the driveway too that you can call if um, the gate isn't open too so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cool cool you know you were you were touching a little bit earlier on a1 archery uh, where did you say that, that that archery shop was? So they're located in Hudson, Wisconsin. So literally okay. just over the river. Yep. Yep. Not far. So, yep. No, they're not far. Probably 30 minutes from St. Paul, I'd say. So yeah. that's awesome. And you know, we're all about, you know, keeping the archery shop alive. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. They have a um, indoor range also and an outdoor range. So, um, mm-hmm. 20 yard in range. And then I think their outdoor range now goes out to 60 or 70 yards also. So if you need to go in and sight in a, um, bow, you can definitely do that. And then obviously they have their pro shop right there so that you can, 
if you need your bow tuned, if you need something looked at or fixed, um, they have all the bow techs there that you need to make sure that you're spot on with your archery and shooting. Well, awesome. I hope they do well, you know, and all that. But, uh, you know, I guess now I'd like to turn the dial a little bit and we could get into some hunting, you know. I mean, uh, you you sent me some hunting pictures, you know, and I got really excited about it because it was, it was really neat to see. Um, doing your hunting, you know, what kind of species do you hunt? So I've only hunted deer, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I started out. Um, again, like, you know, I grew up hunting, or my brother and my dad grew up hunting, you know, ducks, deer, all that, but I just, um, I don't know, I just kind of, I guess part of the bow, the archery part of it, really um, took me towards hunting deer and the challenge of that. So, yeah, I exclusively just um, hunt deer, mm-hmm. and I've been hunting since 2017 and that is when I first got my first harvest of a doe mm-hmm. and um this past year was the first year that I successfully harvest um my first mature buck so um he was a 10-pointer but he broke off two of his times so I will still call him a 10-pointer though <laughs> oh yeah yeah, so would I. <laughs> That's pretty cool. When you when you go hunting for deer, uh, you know, do you use like a, a what kind of stand are you using and stuff like that? Yeah, so I've used ladder stands and then I've used um, hang on stands. So I've never used any climbers or anything. I kind of like to feel secure, you know, on your stand and stuff too. But um, I do hunt with a, a hunting partner, um, Butch, who is from my hunting club. He graciously invited me into his hunting camp, um, I think probably a year or two after I joined Chillicoot. And so I think I've been hunting with him now for five years. So we hunt over in Wisconsin around in the Boyceville area. And we hunt on um, private land that we have um, created some wonderful relationships with some landowners. And um, we have probably around five spots that um, we hunt throughout the season. So um, I kind of have some two designated spots and then Butch hunts a few other spots in there. But um, the opportunity to hunt and go get away for the weekend and just sit in a tree is just um something that I just love to do every fall it takes a little bit you know to get into it and settle down my patience you know to sit for about four or five hours and stuff but um it's a just to get out in the woods and hear nothing except trees winds squirrels birds and all that is just something that I really enjoy and you know maybe because it was growing up outside on the farm and out in the country so um, it allows me to escape the city, the city life too. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Do you normally hunt almost every phase of the archery season, or you mainly? Yeah, I, yeah. I usually start in September. Depends if it's really hot or not. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, more or less towards the end of September till right before Thanksgiving or right before the gun season opens in Wisconsin. I'm usually down there every weekend, and then I'll usually take off about a week around kind of right before the rut and in the middle of the rut. So, so yeah, so I try to experience every type of weather or, you know, season that goes with the, with the hunting. So, um, you know, I've sat through rain. I've sat through bitter cold. I've sat through sideways snow coming at me. So um, it has been... A definitely an adventure of everything you can experience um, in a deer stand. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And your hunting setup, you know, I mean, are you usually, you know, you're using a compound bow usually? Yep, so, yep, I use a compound bow, um, and I use a fixed broadhead. I use slick trick. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's an inch or a quarter inch. I can't remember. Um, so I've used a fixed blade the whole time I've ever started hunting um, just because um, my poundage is around 45 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of most women, you know, shoot around that that poundage, you know, with hunting bows and stuff too. So, yeah, so I've definitely used fixed blade. And um, 
I've been using, I started with, my very first bow was a PSE Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the bow that my dad gave me. And then I went to a Matthews Verdicts. And then I also had a uh, Matthews VXR, which is my current hunting bow right now. So oh, cool. so kind of been a Matthews girl. So, mm-hmm. um, But great bows, performed well. Um, and every one of them have gotten a deer. Yeah. Um, there was one year I did, um, I did shoot a crossbow for one year cause, um, I was in a, quite a bad accident. Um, I think Tim mentioned that in his podcast last week with you that we were going to a 3d shoot and we got in an accident and our bows went flying out of the truck. So mm-hmm. yep, um, I, remember I that. used a crossbow for one year just because I was recovering. I had a, a uh, small fracture in a rib, so wasn't going to test pulling back a bow. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's cool. I'd, and shooting the Matthews, you know, I just switched to a Matthews a year ago. Okay, which one did you get? I ended up getting uh, uh, what is it? Phase four. Oh yeah, yep. I just yeah. had a couple um members at my club talking about that last night so yeah and it's it's, uh i'm not very tall you know i'm only five foot ten inches tall so i and i'm used to a shorter axle to axle bow so i got the 29 okay yeah i think my hunting is 31 and a half i think i went with so Mm -hmm. Hmm, cool awesome yeah nice bows yeah yeah they are nice bows shoot well and you know i can't complain so Mm -hmm. mm-hmm Um, and you're, you know, you got a really nice, thick, rich hunting history in such a short amount of time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is definitely cool to see the growth over the years of hunting. I mean, like I said, you know, my brother was a wealth of knowledge. All my members at Chillicoot have been my wealth of knowledge. You know, I've watched a lot of hunting videos. Um, so, you know, I've, taking the time to learn and ask questions. You know, I still want to get more boots on the ground with scouting, which I haven't had too much of the opportunity to do. Um, just, you know, again, Butch has been kind of my sidekick and helping me, you know, learn where to pick um, spots to put on the hunting lands and stuff too. So every year my knowledge continues to grow. Um, it was kind of funny. I bought my first um, range finder. Mm-hmm. And this one guy was like, you know, yeah, I go out into the mountains, you know, and, you know, hunting's hard. And I'm like, yeah, I bet it is, you know. And um, he's like, well, best of luck to you. And that was my very first year hunting. And I go home and I get my first harvest. And I'm like, oh, I guess I thought it was supposed to be harder, but that was really fun. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, hunting is its not easy. It can be really frustrating. Um, but it can also be incredibly exciting, you know, heart pounding. Um, you know, I saw, I've years ebb and flow with the deer you see, but last year, you know, I saw tons of small bucks. So I'm really excited for the next year to come up to see how they mature. Um, and two falls ago, you know, was the very first time that I finally could see some big mature deer and, you know, pretty much probably five yards for me but you know never could get a shot because they just knew something was there um you know or the typical they come out right at dark when you can't see anymore so but um yeah it's it's really getting exciting because now i'm really starting to see um mature deer come out and you really get to experience to see their habits and their patterns about how they walk the field edges or they hop the creeks or they come down at this time in the morning and stuff too. So mm-hmm. that is a really fun way to um, learn and get excited about hunting too. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been really one big enjoyment over the years is to learn deer hunting patterns and just, you know, also hearing all the old stories from everyone about how hunting was back when they started and how hunting is now too. So. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, when, when you're hunting, do you ever do any of those like draw hunts or like a Camp Ripley hunt or anything? No, I've never done any of them. I do have a friend back home who does do those hunts and has been really successful. 
Um, I've never done a Metro bow hunt, but I do have a lot of members from my club who have done Metros and have been successful too. So um, I've just been very fortunate to be hunting on private land and with someone else who's invited me into their hunting camp too. So um, I've done a few public land hunts with my um, Oaks groups of the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association too. So um, I think public land hunting is another another adventure and another beast to take on too so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah definitely is <laughs> yes it is um so i guess we'll flip the page a little bit here and, and talk about your target archery you know i mean you were talking about how you got started and and just kind of dove right in you know with when you when you had your dad's bow and everything and you and you started shooting target archery right away and and all that yeah. um yeah so I really started target archery with my bow hunter setup. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that all the way, oh my gosh, for four or five years. And probably about three years ago is when I first got my actual target bow. So I got the Matthews um, TRX and I got a 34 axle to axle. I was going to kind of use it interchangeably for my hunting bow and for my target bow. And I exclusively used it for my target bow that year. So mm -hmm. I started with that, you know, was starting out doing pretty well. And then I went to the same line, the TRX, but I went to their Gen 2 series and went 38 axle to axle. So that's when I really started to get a little bit more serious about target archery, exploring stabilizers, um, exploring sights, lenses, clarifiers, you know, in your peep and stuff. And then... I did that, and then my first tournament with my target bow, and I think it was my um, TRX-34, was a USA archery um, tournament out at Average Joe's Archery. Uh -huh. um, I did that tournament with Tim also. Um, so that was my very first one, and I think I took first place in that one. So that was super exciting. I had no expectations going in. You know, I'm just, you know, here to shoot a target and it was the three spot vertical which i've never shot before in my life mm -hmm. um didn't even know that target existed at that time because i was used to the you know a five spot or a single spot so mm -hmm. um so yeah so that is the very first one that um i placed in i did do as i talked about the wisconsin archery alliance that um that was my first tournament i think in 2021 I went to that one with my bow hunter setup so um and then progressed on to the target archery ones and I'd say last year I did I don't remember how many I did but um I did quite a few indoor and outdoor tournaments and mm -hmm. then this year I haven't had a weekend off since the beginning of January with archery tournaments so it is really progressed it can keep you busy every weekend as much as you want um, but it's super fun to do all those tournaments, meet everyone, and you definitely start to learn more and more about yourself when you get into tournament archery. So you learn your nerves, your heartbeat, and how you react to nervousness. So um, there is a difference. I truly believe shooting at league in your home club to stepping on the line and hearing this is your first scoring end so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah that's so, that's a different animal you know i mean like uh you you were talking about that and <clears throat> excuse me i um you, you you were talking about the um you know you know the getting comfortable uh, you know, shooting at your, your regular range and then shooting, shooting abroad, it's total different, mm -hmm. total different animal. Yeah. And yeah. so when you shoot abroad as much as you do, you know, in all these different ranges and different places, and you're always banging X's with different people and it's always, you know, competitive, are you making yourself more comfortable being uncomfortable? I'd say yes and no. Um, you definitely start to get more and more used to shooting tournaments and nerves. Um, but you know, there's, there's days where you need to mentally prepare more. I think, um, you know, there's days where 
you just feel great and the whole tournament goes great. Or there's days where you're like, wow, okay, the first two ones went great. And now the next few ones didn't go great. You know, for example, and I know we, one of um, your questions was about failures is, you know, I went to Yankton, South Dakota this year and we did the Rushmore Rumble and that's a five spot um, target, but it's different colors than your regular blue and white five spot. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I just started getting nervous and my trigger release was set really light and I got nervous and I punched it the first time and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, calm down, we'll get there. And then all of a sudden my another, the next end came around hit another punch and then I dropped a zero and then I dropped another zero and another zero. So, you know, you can, I see you can look at them as failures. I don't for my own self, I guess I don't see it as a failure, but definitely a learning opportunity, but we have, we have bad days and we have good days, Mm -hmm. but there's more better days than bad days. I think as you continue to learn yourself more, you grow as an archer, you learn more about your process and you learn more about your own um, mental process and how you want to visualize yourself as an archer and visualizing yourself hitting the next. So um, there's some great books about visualization and those are just some of those mental processes that um, I've learned from uh, my boyfriend, Tim, who we shoot together um, practically almost every day and weekend. So um you know, I've learned a lot about mental process from him. We've watched a lot of videos online about mental process. We've watched a lot of videos online about um, archery form, you know, if you're right and left, what you should do and all that stuff. So um, Tim is a knowledge bomb of archery and he has filled my head with lots of knowledge with archery too. So um, it's really great to have a partner like that who is invested in archery, invested in you, and you're invested in him and the archery and growing together with that. So, um, you know, it's, it's fun to go to tournaments with each other and see each other win, but also we've also seen each other at our worst. So, um, but you don't, when I had all those zeros at the Rushmore Rumble, I told myself, I'm like, okay, well, we got that and we've done that, but we still had to shoot the next day. So, yeah. So I had to sit down and think about what happened and try to overcome those nerves and calm down. And, you know, it came back the next day, still shot. You have to shoot a three-spot Vegas the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, came back and shot my average and stuff too. So, but um, nerves are something to work through. And I think they get better each time that you continue to put yourself on the line at a tournament too. So. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And then, you know, you kind of dipped into a, a little bit about about training. Okay. You know, what what types of training are you doing on a regular basis? Well, definitely regular basis is, you know, practicing at least two, three times a week. Um, I do that through leagues and going on my own. Um, also, you know, part of the training is having someone watch me in my form and giving me tips about what I'm doing, you know, looking at what habits I've created and readjusting my habits through my process too. So um, as much as we shoot, we all continue to form different habits that need correcting. Um, So, you know, definitely getting out there and practice is definitely a big part of it, but also um, surrounding yourself with people who you want to practice with and who uplift you, encourage you and everything too. So, um, I think that's a huge part of, of archery is having the people surrounded, surrounding you who also encourage you too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it sounds like you've got a good culture around you of people and yeah, good archers. It's, I've met some amazing people and who are becoming lifelong friends too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, the, you know, you dipped into failures a little bit, you know, and you were talking about how you use failures as a learning experience, you know, and, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to talk about, but uh, it's something that we, we all acknowledge and, and it's part of the podcast. And, yep. you know, could could you uh, explain some some of the failures that you've had? Yeah, I mean, definitely with target archery, I'd say it's like, you know, um, 
you know, the example of the Rushmore Rumble, you know, we've all shot the wrong target. Um, I've done it many times. Oh, gosh, you yes. Know, <laughs> you get in a zone and you're like, wow, where did that arrow go? Or you're you're aiming so much, you're like, and you let it go and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where that arrow went. So um, I've definitely shot someone else's target. Um, you know, other failures, you know, is I'm trying to think of that. I mean, I was thinking of my, my hunting ones too, is, you know, the, I think it was my third year hunting I got spooked kind of by a deer it was coming around the corner and I shot it and I got it in the gut, mm-hmm. you know, and as all for myself as a hunter, you know, I wanted it to be the most ethical shot, fast shot for the harvest. And, you know, when I did that, it was like the biggest pit in my stomach. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, I failed as to be ethical to the deer to make sure it has a fast, you know, passing and stuff too but um it kind of just taught me that you also you know deer are always there so make Mm -hmm. sure to think about your process and take your time and if it's not the right shot don't take it so um that's probably the biggest learning i have from my first um failure in hunting for that scenario oh absolutely And, and you know you're preaching into the choir there i mean i've had plenty of that you know, and, and it, it's just, it's part of hunting. It It's, it's, it it's miserable. And you're right about that pit in your stomach. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Terrible. It sits there for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then when you think about it, you get it back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you come around the next year and you're like, okay, let's not repeat that. Let's think about this, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm going to take a quick break here, and then we will start getting into some success stories. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We just took a short break, and I am here with Dana Adams, and we are going to get into some hunting stories, one of my favorite parts. Dana, do you have any good hunting stories for us? Oh my gosh, of course I do. Awesome. How can how can you ever forget your first sit, your first success in hunting? So um, kind of earlier as I was saying, you know, I started um, hunting in 2017 and mm-hmm. I was hunting back home in Lee Center and on our property just across the road from our farms, kind of a marshy land um, and do have some areas where we know the bucks live but it was my oh my gosh probably my maybe my second sit out and I'm just sitting there you know looking around looking around and all of a sudden I hear this huge crash coming out of the marsh and I'm like oh my gosh where's he coming from where is he I can't see him you know and it's my first time hunting and you know you forget you get excited your adrenaline's going and I keep hearing it coming and coming. I turn my head and it's like the biggest book I've ever seen in my life. The thickest antlers in my life. And a dummy I am, I don't get up and turn around. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I was so like struck by his size and the mass and the noise coming towards me. I was just like, I can't believe this. And then I turned my head and I could see his antlers through the trees. And he was kind of just perfect behind a tree, so there wasn't no shot anyways. But, like, the world stopped. The noise of the world stopped. He knew I was there. And all of a sudden, he stomped his foot, snorted, and ran away. And I literally thought the whole world shook. So it was Mm -hmm. quite the coolest experience to see that um, buck come through the marsh and understand how he moves and he knows the surroundings and how they just can pick up on any little thing. So that was a big learning opportunity for my first hunting experience. Um, or first seeing my first deer, I should say. Mm-hmm. That's, a, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I text my brother right away and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I saw the biggest deer of my life. He's like, just sit there and may come back around, you know, so we keep texting back and forth, you know, and stuff too. So that was super fun. Um, you know, but the bitter, the, the best part of, you know, your, your, as any archer, you're, you hope that you're successful, you know, and, you know, didn't think, you know, going out my first year, 
hoping that I get a deer and we don't have too many deer that pass around there, but, um, I, one, the night that I got my first deer, I, excuse me, I darted out of work early. I drove home. I put my clothes on and ran across the road, got in the stand and got sitting there for probably about two hours and it was around probably five or five thirty. And this was November, early November, mm-hmm. right? Oh, it was the weekend before the gun season opened. And all of a sudden I see this deer, um, coming down the path and another deer behind it. And so I get up slowly and I turn around and she, when she was looking away, then I would turn around again to get my feet placement. And then all of a sudden, you know, she looks away so I could draw back. And then it's just like, there's so much adrenaline going. You don't even remember drawing back sometimes and aiming mm-hmm. and, all of a sudden I get on her, I get put my pin on her and I shoot and I'm like, and she does a little jump and kick and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just totally missed. How could I miss that? And I think it was at 25 yards. And so she did her little jump and kick, ran around and came up the hill and just kind of bed it down. I'm like, yes, I got a second shot at her and I get it. And then um, all of a sudden, I, I pull back to get a second shot, and the shooter right in the shoulder. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst shot ever. And then, lo and behold, when I shot her the second time, she just got up and went about another 10, 15 yards. And um, my arrow was a pass-through. I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. So that was super exciting. And the pass-through was straight through the heart for my first year. So... I was just like blown away by that because um, when we gutted it, my brother showed me and you could literally see the definition of the blades going right through the heart. So, so yeah, so that was super exciting for your very first hunt that I will never forget. So, you know, you're texting your brother, you're running across back the road and then you're taking the four wheeler back out there to go get her and stuff too. So that was super fun. It's, um, it's definitely an experience that you will never forget so oh yeah that's amazing yeah. a heart shot on your first deer yeah i know i'm like wow i'm like why did that aim for the heart i don't know but it went there and it was a pass through so um and then this past year when i got my um 10 point buck the buck was across the field from me and i saw it chasing a doe early in the morning and again i got this one in november 5th and I saw it chasing the doe go up the hill, so I grunted a few times. And I don't grunt a lot during my hunt. Um, I guess I honestly don't even know if I'm doing it correctly. Um, but I saw the the buck chasing the doe up the hill, and then they kind of came back down again. And I grunted some more, and then he went back up the hill, and then he just kind of came back down wandering. So I gave him a couple more grunts, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, you're gonna be gone. You're not gonna come over." And after I grunted, I kind of put my grunt away. And all of a sudden, I see him just bolting across the field. And he just, he heard that grunt. And he's like, whoa, I got to come over there. So it was the very first time I ever grunted a buck off of a doe. He came right across the field. He hopped a little tiny creek, came across the path that I needed him. And I had to grunt to stop him. And he was courting a little bit more than I expected. Uh, let the arrow go. I thought I had it near more his lungs, but it was back a little bit. And then it didn't have a pass through because I hit part of his back farther by his hip. But when he ran away, he broke my arrow. And then, um, so the arrow was still in him. So I'm sure the broadhead kind of uh, ripped him apart a little bit inside. But he ran away from me. He looked at me while I was trying to get another arrow. And he looked away. And I'm like, wow, you're not running fast. What's going on? And he hopped a big old tree down. He got a little wobbly, fell down, and that was it. So, you know, it wasn't my best shot, but I still got him. And it was my very first mature buck that I ever got. So that was that was quite the experience. I was done with my hunt at 7 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And then to grunt a buck in like that, that's great. Yeah. I've, I've never done that before. So that that was a really cool experience. So I've rented a few little tiny ones in, but not like that, who darted across the field, came to the exact spot I needed him and just the perfect shot there too. So perfect morning, just super nice out. 
and then um you know done at 7 a.m and my hunting partner butch was still hunting and i'm like i got one i got one and he doesn't check his phone as often so i'm waiting i think i waited till nine o'clock there but he was so big there's like i couldn't even drag him myself so i'm like okay well i'll just keep calling people and tell how excited i am so wow so yeah that was a fun experience so you know and i've seen some nice ones didn't get shots but um those those experiences and uh, success stories is those are super fun ones so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah so that one will be european mounted on my wall here soon oh very nice well good job thank you oh awesome oh cool and you know speaking of success stories you know i mean you shoot all these tournaments and everything i would have to imagine you got some target success stories too yeah yeah definitely i mean I, after, oh my gosh, so it was last year, so six years of archery, it was my sixth year, um, I did get my first 300, um, I did that at Women's League, um, I haven't done it at a tournament yet, but um, I've come close, um, that's a pretty cool feeling, to get your first perfect score, so, mm-hmm. you know, framed that one, put it up on the wall and stuff too, Um yeah, I'd say probably one of the coolest experiences, too, is to see my progression and growth. We go out to Yankton, South Dakota, um, to do their outdoor target um, nationals tournament. And so that's where you shoot at 40, 50, and 60 yards. And so that one, um, I've gone it to three years in a row now. And I think the first year I placed eighth, and then the second year I placed seventh, and then this past year I placed fourth. So... Um, that is really cool to see your progression and growth over the years out there um, because, you know, 60 yards isn't no, no easy throw of an arrow out there. So you, Yankton can get super windy. You got to mm-hmm. time the wind sometimes. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a, uh, a lot of people get a little worried about distances like that. So it's, mm-hmm. but that's probably like, it's probably my, the one outdoor um, class that I like to shoot is the outdoor target. Um, I don't do field at all, field archery. Um, I've just been mostly introduced to the target archery for the 40, 50, 60 yards. So um, that's really cool to see the growth over the years for that one too. So I'd say that's a, one of my other success stories, definitely in the target archery, along with my uh, 300 that I've had. So Oh, that's awesome and you know you you've made a few podiums too uh, uh judging yeah. from what i've seen yep i've i've i got a i got a few medals hanging on the wall there so um it's definitely fun to to get first or second or third or whatever placement is whatever placement is great because it's a great feeling that you know that you've 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 done your best you put your all into it and that um you're able to represent yourself as a target archer and as you know as a woman in target archery mm-hmm. um there's not a lot of women in target archery and you know part of archery is you know i also was a part of the women hunting fishing association or organization that we we tried to connect women to all sorts of other organizations if it was you know, hunting or fishing or target archery or whatever they wanted to get into the field of, um, you know, we we hear more and more that women is growing, but we we definitely know that hunting and, and archery is a is a heavily dominated by male. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's definitely um, part of my journey as an archer is to grow women in the sport of archery to make them feel comfortable when they go into a bow shop that's very dominated by men as bow techs, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, that's why I definitely, um, gravitated towards a one archery and their women's league is because it was women only and it was taught by a woman and stuff too. So we definitely, you know, we go where we feel comfortable and stuff too, but it's definitely is something that, um, a1 Archer has grown over time and those women um, archery classes or the leagues, they fill up super fast. So, mm-hmm. and I think right now Thursday night is women league at A1 Archery. I think they have like a 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning, a six o'clock and a seven o'clock. So we have four leagues 
and we fill them up every time. So the word of archery for women has definitely grown. Um, But when I do go to certain, um, especially the outdoor target class, um, sometimes it's only me in my class. Mm -hmm. But again, that's because I'm in freestyle. But there are other women who shoot bow hunter class and that too. But it is a lower participation too. So, but we continue to see it grow definitely with the youth and all that, but um, it is a lower participated class. And, you know, we were just at Vegas this past year or this past month too. And um, the pro class for women is smaller and only two women shot perfect scores over the weekend. So, you definitely can see um, that women, the women class is growing, but the level of um, archery too is definitely on different playing levels for everyone. But um, we, I just, my part of my archery journey is to make sure that more women participate, they get excited about it, or even if they don't grow into it, that they, they give it a try and then maybe they go tell someone else to give it a try too. So yeah absolutely and you know the if it weren't for all the ladies in archery you know and all the ladies that are you know board on the boards of directors for a lot of clubs you know you know there's so many ladies that i can think of right now that are just doing a magnificent job in in our state anyway of, mm-hmm. of just making sure everything works and everything and and uh it's really cool that you ladies you know look past the idea uh, you were talking about the bow technicians and stuff like that. You know, you got a 20-something-year-old guy with a Copenhagen in that's setting up your bow for you, and you're okay. a lady, you know. And, uh, I, you know, for all of you to look past that and reach your goals and yeah. and do your archery journey and, and live your best life, that's just yeah. amazing. And I got to give you major kudos. Yeah. I just want them to feel comfortable to go in a bow shop and, you know, learn about the parts of their bow, learn about what they need to ask for and stuff too. So um, we want them to go in and feel comfortable. We want them to come out feeling comfortable and we want them to go shoot and enjoy it. So um, that is definitely one of my goals of that. And, you know, the other, the other class that I've seen grow with male and women is um, recurve and burbo. So I see a lot of women who are, and a lot of youth that are really interested in recurve. So Mm -hmm. You know, that is, you know, stick and string and you're pulling back your full poundage of uh, your bow. So um, it was really cool to see. It's kind of getting back to the roots, I guess, in a way. Um, so of archery and it's really cool to see the youth and um, the bare bow and recurve classes grow through the archery. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. I mean, at Little Crow... Uh, you wouldn't believe how many of our top archers uh, th- in the last two to three years have all gotten, you know, a recurve or a bare bow or a stick and string, whatever it is, yeah. you yep. know, and they're going back to that. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And it's kind of, I think it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I think it's so cool. I, I've tried one bare bow once and it, pretty much the arrow went into the wood practically. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I give props to them for, you know, not having sights and all that and, you know, learning how to, how to shoot like that and do really great. We have, um, there's a lot of barebow and recurve archers at Buana Archery that um, I know and shoot with and they are doing amazing. So mm-hmm. it is really cool to see that class of archery um, grow and, also, the national organizations are really um, looking at them and having separate classes, too, because they kind of would conjoin them together sometimes. So, you know, they have um, female classes and male classes now and stuff, too, because, you know, it wasn't a very large participation. So it's really great to see on the national level organizations recognizing um, that class of archery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's awesome. You know, everybody getting recognizing everybody you know playing on more of a level playing field you know yeah yeah so definitely you know bringing equal opportunity for everyone and no matter what style of archery you shoot so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah awesome and you know dana i 
I just want to thank you for coming with us today. And I wanted to thank you for, you know, just uh, taking the time and, and empowering women in the sport. And not only that, but just giving everybody your knowledge of the sport. You know, it's, it's, it's great that you can, you know, teach us so much. And uh, this, this has been a great podcast. Well, thank you. I, it's been great talking with you. And, you know, it's, it's just, you know, makes you grow as a person when you get to share what you love and do. And, you know, it's, it, archery is archery, but I think archery also plays a, a lot in every personal, professional, and areas of our lives, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, keep an eye out for Dana Adams. She's setting the world on fire, and, and we sure appreciate her. <laughs> but uh, anyway, for the rest of you, if you wanted to connect with us, uh, please email at bucksandbales at gmail.com. And uh, those of you, the rest of you, anyway, have a good one.